Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Stress Relief in God's Light. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Today, I want to talk about stress. The greatest teacher who ever lived, who walked upon the shores of Galilee, told us many things about how to conquer stress. And he was the greatest stress conqueror who ever lived. Do you realize that the pressures that he underwent, the temptations that he experienced when he was 40 days in the wilderness, do you realize that these are all stresses? People mocked him, doubted him, scorned him. They tried to to kill him. Then he was tortured, and you know what happened at the end of his earthly life before he rose from the dead. You know what they did to him. Those were all stresses, and he overcame them all. Then how did he overcome them all? He didn't react to them. Did they cause him pain? Yes. Discomfort, yes. Did he react to them? He did not. He did what he was supposed to do, and he overlooked the stresses, and he spoke up. Yes, he spoke up. So then what did he do? He exhibited patience, self-control, and he also brought forth the truth. Do you see? So he did his father's will, and his father's will was that he tell us about the kingdom of God. Christ came to tell us that the kingdom of God had come. The kingdom of God. Now, we who are born to this lowly realm, but yet with the potential of something more, We are born to wrong authorities. Our parents were wrong authorities. Yes, maybe they did the best they could, but they messed up. They were kind of like wrong authorities. Yeah, they got some things right, but then when they said things, they were impatient or they were angry. Or mostly they just did to you and said to you and taught you and pressured you and were worried about the same things that was done to them. And so the transfer occurred. They were programmed when they were little children. Parent got angry, and the little child reacted to the anger, and the scene was imprinted, and soon that scene was in the child's mind. And then when you came along, then you did something, and it brought back the memory of that, and it caused them a great pain, a great discomfort. And then they ended up overreacting to what you did, just as their parents had overreacted. So they just passed passed on the wrong. And so, to that extent, they were wrong authorities. And then you look around, you see all kinds of wrong authorities. And what do you do about it? Well, you realize that they can't help themselves. 
and you don't hate them. See, that's your number one line of defense. Don't hate them. See, there are a lot of different responses to wrong authority. When you were a child, you experienced them all. When you were a little kid, you were upset. You were confused. You were angry. You were outraged. You were hurt. You were scared. You were terrified. Then you were resentful. See? Well, do you see all of those reactions? Is what caused those, all of the error to get inside of you. You reacted with all of those. And you're continuing to react now the same as you did when you were a little child. So how do you then begin to conquer stress? Well, you have to stop reacting. And what's the first thing that you can give up? Yes, you do have control over it. You may not have much control over your body now, the way your heart pounds and your knees knock when, you're, when you have to face some authority like your kid's teacher or someone who looks like an authority from your past. You can't help getting angry right now. Maybe your body, you start, your blood pressure goes up and your tummy aches and you, you get tense when there are stresses around you. you you've, unfortunately, you've been conditioned that way. But that can be overcome. But what's the very first thing that you must overcome if you want to overcome all the others? The very first thing you must overcome if you want to overcome all of the other stresses. The very first thing is resentment. You remember a long time ago when you were a little child? You could, you could do one thing and then another, and then another and another. And you, yeah, you know what they call that now? They, they call it, what do they call it? Hyperactivity or something like that? Well, some kids are hyperactive, but others, they just go from one thing to another. It's perfectly natural. You do this for a few minutes and then something else. And you do this for a minute and then you do that. And you, you do one thing and then suddenly you go ask a question and then you rush away and do something else. That's perfectly natural. That's the way I am. I'm 70 years old and that's the way I am. I do a little this and a little that. When I'm no longer interested in it, I put it down and I do something else. That's the natural way. Free, unencumbered. See, so that's what you, you must find. Because when you're in that state of being unencumbered, and you're not lost in something, and you're not immersed in something, and you're not all emotional, then it's easier to do reality checks. You get tense when there are stresses around you. Unfortunately, you've been conditioned that way. But that can be overcome. But what's the very first thing that you must overcome if you want to overcome all the others? The very first thing you must overcome if you want to overcome all of the other stresses. The very first thing is resentment and hatred and judgment. You see, Christ, when he looked at people, he saw that they were doing someone else's will. He saw that they were programmed. He saw that they were in error. And they were emotionally defending some error that had been implanted. He saw that they weren't really in charge of their own life. They were doing someone else's will, definitely not God's will. See, you're either doing God's will or you're doing someone else's will. 
and they were doing someone else's will. So he saw that. So he didn't hate the person. Do you understand that? All the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the doubters and the mockers and the scorners and those who turned upon him and those who betrayed him, he didn't hate them. He simply saw that, in a sense, they couldn't help themselves. So he didn't hate them. But yet, what did he do? He spoke the truth. And why did he speak the truth? And he spoke the truth with love, in other words, without resentment. And why did he do that? So that they might hear it. And perhaps upon hearing it, they might have a change of heart. And if they have a change of heart, they might be sorry for the wrong that had been coming through them. And they might be sorry for their resentments and their angers toward other people and let them go. And then they might get even closer to God's light and they might get closer to the kingdom of God. Do you understand? So he represented a good order, not wrong authorities, not impatient authorities, not letter of the law authorities, not confusing authorities, not pressuring authorities. He represented a good authority. He represented the Father, the good Father. And he represented the good Father by not hating people and by speaking the truth. Because when he spoke the truth, when he spoke the truth, something good was carried with the truth. You see, like radio, you know, if you turn your radio on, it's an amazing thing, really. You turn the radio on in your car, for example. Then how is it that something is coming through the air? Some invisible waves are coming. And your radio somehow translates those invisible waves into sound. It's, it's a really amazing thing. Well, when Christ spoke, his words, his breath, the expression on his face had a message. It carried behind it something from the good realm. Something was imparted to his words that when people heard them, they might awaken upon hearing what he said. See, di different people can say things, and the effect of what they say is, can be totally different, can't it? One person can call you a jerk, and they say it in a mean, hateful way or a condescending way, and it makes you resent, it makes you angry. Another person can say, hey, you jerk, what are you doing? That's a dumb thing to do. Knock it off. And you see that they don't hate you. They don't resent you. They're just trying to help you. And so it has a totally different effect. Well, you can imagine the effect that his words could have upon people. Yes, but they had to be receptive. See, like your radio in your car, it has to be tuned to the right station in order to receive the message from that station. He was a good representative of the Father. He told of the kingdom of God. He announced the kingdom of God. And he said that in order to enter the kingdom of God, you have to be reborn. You have to find a new way of doing things. Look the old way. What was the old way? And you couldn't help it. You were only a little child when it all began. The old way was getting angry, getting upset getting your feelings hurt, being scared, being terrified, 
going along to, to get along, being nervous, being afraid, being resentful, getting mad at people, getting your feelings hurt, being jealous of other people, and so on and so forth. That was the old way. Now, there has to be a new way. Now, what's the new way? Not getting angry, not getting resentful, not hating people, not getting your feelings hurt, not being scared by them, not being terrified by them. See, that's the new way. So how do you do this new way? Well, you have to stop reacting. And let's go back to what I said earlier. I said the first thing you have to let go of is resentment. Did you know that my most popular book is The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage, a spiritual and practical look at relationships. My favorite chapter is How to Forgive and Forget. The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage. Check it out at Amazon.com or SheddingShackles.com. Shedding Shackles provides answers for the issues that are closest to you. Do you have a comment or a question? If so, email Roland at Roland at SheddingShackles.com. That's Roland at SheddingShackles.com. Or call the listener call-in line at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. Are you experiencing stress, anxiety, or unhappiness? Do you feel weighed down by the past? Stay tuned for a special message from Roland Trujillo, host of the Shedding Shackles radio program. For over 25 years, Roland Trujillo has been helping people shed the shackles of unhappy memories, consisting of upset, hurt feelings, and negative emotions that bind them to the past. Over the years, many people have listened to and benefited from Roland's positive message. Perhaps you, too, can discover the secret to becoming free from the past and moving forward to live a new life of joy and purpose. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. That's the first thing you have to let go of because you do have control over your resentment. Like I said, you may not have control over, you know, becoming a little bit nervous and anxious and so on and so forth around people. See, look at what upsets you now. Look at what it is that's upsetting you the most. Isn't it people? And why? When you look at people around you, most of them are practically strangers, aren't they? So why should you react to strangers? Why should you get angry at strangers and hate strangers and be hurt, hurt, get hurt feelings by strangers and be terrified by strangers and be made nervous by other people? Why should that happen? You know why? Because when you were a little child, somebody upset you and terrorized you and made you afraid and threatened you and pressured you and made you cry 
and threatened you and pulled upon your feelings and so on and so forth. Now, who would do such a thing to a little child? Who would do such a thing? Undoubtedly, it was someone who was, should have had your best interests at heart. See? The person who terrified you and yelled at you and screamed at you and pressured you and, and rejected you and threatened you and was constantly pressuring you to do more, do better, be better, be nicer, and so on and so forth. Well, undoubtedly, it was someone like your mother or your grandmother or your aunt or possibly your dad. But nowadays, a lot of dads aren't even there. Nowadays, a lot of dads are not even there. They're gone. They're di there's was divorced. They're far away. Maybe you see them only once in a long while. So maybe it was your dad, but probably he wasn't around. Or if he was, he was a non-factor. Your dad was a non-factor. He sat in the living room. He watched television. You know, he mowed the grass. He said a little of this and that at the dinner table. But who was really in charge? Who was really in charge? Well, you know who it was. It was mom. But mom was angry. Mom was very angry underneath. And who was she angry at? Well, she was angry at dad. And why was she angry at dad? Because he wasn't a good authority. He was weak. He was a weak people pleaser. He was an appeaser. Or perhaps he was angry and violent. Or perhaps he was just not there. But something was missing, so he wasn't a good authority. So she resented him for that. And so she was angry. And she walked around angry at him all the time and judging him. And so being angry all the time and judging another person all the time, what does that do? You know what it does? It separates you from your own inner good. It separates you from God's inner light. It separates you from love. And it permits the outside to get in. It permits the outside to get in. And when the outside gets inside, then you begin to express what was outside. And that's what happened to her. She began to express, instead of expressing, see, what it should have been is father, had he been a good authority, had he been there with patience, long-suffering, courage, strength, and so on, virtue. Had he been there, had he been a good representative, you know, like Christ was, of the Father, then Father would have represented the good Father. And Mother, seeing the good in him, could then relax a little bit and let go of her grudge against all men who had failed her. See, her whole life men had failed her beginning with her father. Men had failed her and disappointed her. But if she could have seen the good, if she could have seen that, that good, that agape love coming from another dimension, if she had seen that in your dad, then she might very well have been able to let go of her grudge and her resentment and her negativity. And then, instead of pressuring you, see, she took in the outside. 
what the teacher said, what the coaches said, what the administrator said, what the media said, what the experts said, what the books said, what her parents had said, what her mom had said. She took that all in, and then she, she laid it upon you. She took in the outside with no buffer, with nothing to balance things out. That's what dad is for. He represents patience. He represents calmness. He represents wisdom. And he could have quietly said something that would have made everything good. And yeah, she may have given him a hard time for a while. Let's say that he found himself. Let's say that one day your dad realized, see, and you should, this should happen to you. If you're a dad, you should sit around and realize, hey, you know, there's something wrong. My wife is angry at me. I don't know why my kids are rebelling. I see my wife yelling at the kids and bossing around. It's very painful, but I'm afraid to speak up to her because then she gets, then she'll tell me all the stuff about me, about how I'm not making enough money and how I'm not as good as this other guy is as far as making money and I'm not very handy and she'll, she'll give me a hard time and I don't want her to give me a hard time. And so I'm just not going to say anything. I'm going to go along and I'm going to be real nice. And then maybe maybe she'll be nice too if I'm nice. And so he became a weak people pleaser. Or maybe he tried being angry, but then when he was angry, then she hated him even more. If he was violent, then everybody hated him. So what did he do? Chances are he just totally wimped out and, and became a non-factor. Maybe one day he wakes up and he says, you know what, I'm not the man I should be. And I'm going to have to start uh, making some changes. And I'm going to start um, letting go of my anger and my resentment. And I'm going to start expressing love and patience. And I'm going to, be, I'm going to speak up for what's right. And I'm not going to be a people-pleasing doormat anymore. But I'm not going to be angry either. I'm going to cry out to my Creator. I am going to cry out to my Creator and ask Him to help me because right now I don't have patience. I don't have love. I don't, I don't have whatever it is that my wife needs. I don't have it. And so I need it. And the only place I'm going to get it is from Him. See, with that kind of an attitude, then He can start to get better. And when He gets better, guess what? Everything will get better. So, like I said, Maybe for a while she'll give him a hard time. You know why she'll give him a hard time? Because she won't believe that it's the real thing. See, some men, they try to be nice and, and, and so on, but it's, it's just an act. They're just walking around on eggshells because they, he wants something from her, and he wants to be popular, and he wants people to like him. So it's just phony. Or he cleans up his act for a while, but then he goes back to whatever it was before. See, when, when, when he doesn't get his ego fix enough from her, then what does he do? Then he turns to booze, he turns to marijuana, he turns to drugs, he turns to gambling, he turns to his, his false friends, he turns to another woman. You see what I mean? So he's weak. He's also created by the world, by the outside, and he's dependent upon it. And his ego is totally made by the outside world, the outside authority. And so he must keep going back to it for reinforcement and for comfort and for reassurance. Do you understand that? So now he must find his creator and then look to his creator for guidance. Look to his creator for reinforcement, not to his wife. Look to his creator for approval, not to his wife. Look to his creator for reassurance. 
not to his wife. Do you understand? And then he becomes independent, and he has strength, and he can stand for the good. And her seeing this good in him. Oh, what I wanted to say is, yeah, she may give him a hard time for a while, but that's good for him. You know why? Because he can prove that what he has is the real thing. And she then becomes a stress to him, but now a stress that helps him to become stronger. The more unreasonable she becomes, the more reasonable he becomes. The angrier she becomes, the calmer he becomes. And so her stress now helps him to grow stronger. Do you understand? So you must learn how to be like that, to be close to your Creator and look to Him. And then any stresses that come along only help you to grow, grow stronger. In the face of torment, you remain patient. In the face of opposition, cruel opposition, thoughtless, mean, heartless opposition, arbitrary opposition, you continue to hold your ground and stand for truth, and you don't hate anybody. And you know what? You are very close. In fact, you may have found the kingdom of God, and now you belong to the kingdom of God, and you can be the shining light that comes into the world, and other people, upon seeing it, are given hope, and they, too, may one day become a member of the kingdom of God. Did you know that my most popular book is The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage? A spiritual and practical look at relationships. My favorite chapter is How to Forgive and Forget. The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage. Check it out at Amazon.com or SheddingShackles.com. I have a book about Einstein and intuition. You should get it. A book about St. Augustine and how he used his intuition how he had that free, carefree spirit, and how, how, he, how they did reality checks. How do you think Einstein discovered everything that he discovered? He just remained more innocent and closer to that inner ground, and so he was doing a reality check more than you do. That's the difference between him and you. He did more reality checks, and he did what he gathered there, and so did St. Augustine, and so did all the wonderful, sweet people that ever lived. want you to go to my website and get the meditation. Give it a try. It's free. It's free. And my website is SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us. Until next time, Lord willing, and the Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.
You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you.